section one of the national geographic magazine volume ten january eighteen ninety nine this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. read by phil schampf the stikine river in eighteen ninety eight part one by eliza ruhama skidmore the klondike excitement of eighteen ninety seven turned attention to the stikine river as affording an easy route through the coast range of mountains to the interior of the northwest territory since it was known that indians hudson's bay company traders and surveyors of the western union telegraph company had long ago used a trail from the upper stikine across to the lakes and waterways leading to the upper yukon the stikine was not an unknown or undiscovered country but only an abandoned one as the discovery of gold in its river bars in eighteen sixty one and richer placers in the casier country beyond in eighteen seventy three drew thousands of miners to summer camps until the exhaustion of the richer placers the need of machinery and the discoveries elsewhere drew that fickle and floating population away steamers were withdrawn from the river ten years ago the old camps disappeared in underbrush and fort wrangell the post of transshipment for all this trade and travel fell away to a mere indian village again the klondikers appeared in numbers last january and continued in an unending procession over the stikine's frozen surface until the river opened in april when a dozen light draft stern-wheeled steamers fitted with powerful engines ran crowded to the guards for a few weeks the hudson's bay company put on some fine boats and the canadian pacific railway company sent up a dozen steamers all named for eminent canadians the two swiftest river boats on the stikine appropriately bearing the names ogilvy and mcconnell in honor of those two members of the dominion geological survey glenora the head of navigation one hundred twenty five miles from fort wrangell and telegraph creek twelve miles beyond glenora are starting points on the trail that leads through an open hilly and grassy country for one hundred forty five miles to lake teslin whence there are no interruptions to boat navigation to dawson city a distance of five hundred twenty six miles bills were introduced in the canadian parliament giving rights to convert the trail into a wagon road and a great land grant was to be conferred on the builders of a railway the railway to lake teslin was to be completed by september and this all-canadian route appealed to many and especially to british fortune-seekers a trail from ashcroft on the fraser river reaches the stikine at telegraph creek and many who ventured on this longest of all the land routes toward the klondike district met with disastrous adventures in the great woods fort wrangell alaska where the ocean steamers landed the all-canadian army of gold-seekers was crowded all winter and revived its prosperity of thirty years before a boom of extravagant proportions was well on in march and collapsed by the end of may with distressing results when the failure of the railway land-grant measure resulted from the many political entanglements and jealousies at the canadian capital 
fort wrangell real estate took on absurd values while the boom lasted the tide line was edged for a quarter of a mile with flimsy pine buildings and fragmentary footwalks on stilts tents crowded upon every vacant spot and whitened the hillside a score of saloons ran wide open despite alaska's severe prohibition laws the most barefaced gambling games and swindling schemes were conducted on every side without concealment and this boom town of six thousand inhabitants displayed all the worst features of such lapses in civilization without water supply drainage or sanitary measures of any kind with all refuse dumped into the space before the first row of water-fronting buildings and with the butcher slaughtering in the open before his shop fort wrangell in july was more offensive parading more filth and smells to the ground space than any chinese city i have visited great wharves and warehouses were built to accommodate the ocean and river travel and the restrictions and complications of canadian and american customs regulations in the bonding transshipment and interport carrying trade were endless the declaration of war between the united states and spain even the certainty of it for some weeks beforehand brought the klondike rush to an abrupt end the adventurous and restless americans seeing an easier vent to their eager spirits in enlistment and investors and investigators prudently holding back to watch the fate of war to one remembering how quickly and entirely the klondike retreated from general view and interest in the eastern states after the blowing up of the maine even it was not surprising to find that the expected summer rush to the klondike had failed even alaska tourists failed to come and the fleet of steamers brought around cape horn for the busy summer expected would have entailed great losses upon transportation companies but for the sudden necessity of transports for the philippine expeditions about the same time that the streams of gold seekers ceased coming the teslin railway seemed doomed never to be built and certainly not before the railway from skagway over the white pass the teslin trail proved too long and too hard for many who had undertaken it and the river boats that went up the stikine empty returned crowded with angry and discouraged klondikers the angry ones went on to try the shorter routes to the yukon from lynn canal the discouraged ones sacrificed their outfits recklessly in their one wish to return to civilization a dozen of the useless river steamers were boarded over at the bows and attempts made to tow them across the roughest part of the pacific ocean to the yukon river's mouth but disaster attended nearly every one of these perilous tows in the open ocean the seams parting under the strain of waves and hawsers and the flimsy river boats going entirely to pieces or drifting ashore in hopeless condition while the stikine boom lasted a first opportunity was afforded for pleasure travellers to comfortably view the magnificent scenery of that river whose valley was aptly called by dr john muir a yosemite one hundred miles long but only three tourists or actual pleasure travellers availed themselves of the chance as far as the most diligent inquiries could establish the fact 
although so powerfully engined the fleetest of the river boats could only average seven miles an hour against the furious current making the average trip up to glenora in eighteen hours and returning in seven or nine hours the boats always timing their departures so as to cross the flats at the mouth of the river at high tide and navigating only during clear daylight there were no old river captains or pilots surviving from Kaziar times to command this hastily constructed fleet and the best swift water captains came from the kootenay the snake and the upper columbia and learned the stikeen route for themselves reading the water as they went along from point highfield at the end of edelin island a few miles around the shore from fort wrangell one has a fine view of the imposing entrance to the stikeen splendors snow-capped mountains towering above the evergreen headlands and prolonged to westward in that magnificent range that fronts the alaska tourist when he emerges from wrangle narrows vancouver's men reached and named point highfield yet those admirable explorers sent to the northwest coast expressly to find an unknown river failed to discover the stikeen when their boats were in its muddy outflow as they before failed to discover the columbia and the fraser and it was left for the american captain cleveland to discover the stikeen in seventeen ninety nine crossing the flats at the broad river's mouth where fishing boats from the neighboring canneries were tending nets and skirting close to the forested slopes at the right our steamer followed along so near the banks that we breathed all the fresh earthy smells the fragrance of wet wood mosses and cedar plumes two miles within point rothsay a little flat of intensely green grass at the creek's mouth is landing place for the canoes of those who go to visit the garnet ledge high up on the steep cliff front and blast off fragments of the dark gray mica slate dotted with big almondite garnets for the tourist market at fort wrangell although the stikeen is such a swift river its bed falling five hundred and forty feet between glenora and point rothsay it is not deep save where compressed in its canyons it wanders between its steep mountain walls cutting out islands from one densely forested bank and the other heaping driftwood on bars in midstream until they form islands and their thickets change to cottonwood forests these islands are inundated each season and sometimes washed away in unusual freshets and then the debris accumulates in other places and new islands divert the stream cottonwood island a first such forested bar was a busy place last winter when steamers canoes and small boats pushing through the loose river ice of the flats landed the klondikers at the lower end of the island to begin their march over the solid ice that extended unbroken from the further point of cottonwood's shores stikeen city grew upon the snow there was wild speculation in town lots and tents crowded in lines between the trees and bushes where skyscraping business blocks were soon to stand but the boom had burst by the time the frost was out of the ground and the vegetation of one alaskan summer effaced nearly all the traces of stikeen city's ground plan tales are told of the klondikers trembling and becoming breathless as they landed on cottonwood's shores as frantic and crazed as if dawson city and the gold nuggets were in sight 
all along the stikeen there is such a panorama and skyline of snow peaks on either hand as would be enough to make the fame of a whole territory save in alaska where scenery continues on such a scale and with such unusual features that one takes snow peaks and glaciers almost for granted as obligatory conventional backgrounds for every scene the first object of special distinction along these river walls is the pop-off or little glacier ten miles above point rothsay a narrow blue tongue thrust from great snow-fields and showing in profile beyond forested slopes whose greens intensify the exquisite pale pure blue of this star sapphire mass this slender steeply plunging cataract of ice seemingly arrested on the mountain side it shows a dirty terminal moraine and a grimy forefoot to those who land and approach it but from the river this blue ribbon unrolled from the clouds and the snowfields is most exquisite of stikeen glaciers the color of its hard clear ice divinely blue in the early morning fading at midday and intensifying again as the shadows stretch across it with the windings of the river one has the pop-off in view from many points as the boat progresses toward faces and maneuvers within range none of the stikeen glaciers have been explored to their sources mapped measured or studied in any sense and they are virtually unknown glaciers the region a paradise and happy hunting ground for the glacial geologist professor w p blake the geologist who chanced to be in japan in eighteen sixty three was asked to accompany the corvette rinda which admiral popoff dispatched to the american coast by order of the czar to learn if stikeen miners were working within the thirty-mile strip of russian soil which had so long been leased to the hudson's bay company professor blake examined the bars and rock formations and made a running survey of the river naming the glaciers and principal landmarks and his map was published with his report on the stikeen as a congressional document at the time of the purchase of russian america by the united states dr john muir made a canoe trip up the river in eighteen seventy nine prospecting for glaciers in a general way and making notes and thumbnail sketches for his own entertainment canadian surveyors have made general maps of the river and messrs titman and ogden of the u s coast and geodetic survey have surveyed and mapped the lower end of the stikeen in connection with the surveys for determining the international boundary line and to mr o h titman i am very greatly indebted for several of these accompanying illustrations reproduced from photographs taken during the boundary survey the international boundary line has moved up and down stream on the charts for these thirty odd years and canadian custom houses and hudson's bay company posts wandered with it five different places have been accepted as the temporary boundary until a commission can determine it the place last settled upon for the passing of the imaginary line is a few miles above the pop-off glacier near the great bend in this past summer of eighteen ninety eight the united states was temporarily and economically represented by a custom house in a tent on the river bank to whose canvas sides a small and faded flag was pinned like an outworn towel two men and a dog constituted the american force both men looking very weary bored and homesick as one lounged down for his mail and fresh beef 
and the other whistled in his doorway there is a station of canadian mounted police on the river bank a few rods beyond an officer and twenty men occupying a group of hewn log buildings on a knoll with the red flag of the dominion flying from a tall pole their storehouses were on the bank and men in canvas working clothes were putting company gardens in order and giving an appearance of permanency trimness and order to the edges of british domain the iskut river which enters by a long deep valley from southward is said to present greater scenic spectacles along its way than even the stikine river the stikine region is the best bear country on the northwest coast and the finest grizzlies cinnamon and black bears hold the iskut wilderness almost undisturbed since few sportsmen come this way mountain sheep mountain goat deer and elk tempt the big game stalker to whom the stikine and iskut would be paradise were it not for the plagues of mosquitoes and gnats the sharp needle peaks of the lofty glacier range are aligned along the iskut's course and there are unnamed and untrodden peaks passes glaciers and snowfields to occupy alpine club climbers for many years along the iskut's course the orlebar or great glacier of the stikine shows first in distant profile as a grayish-white mass pressing out between two mountain slopes and spreading in a great curving fan-shaped front of boulders and dirty ice for fully two miles along the river bank the crest of one terminal moraine towering in cliffs of debris far above the treetops of the river bank beyond this first forested edge of the river there is a lake or backwater cut on which moraines and ice slopes front and the steamers pass more than a mile away from the ice itself when directly abreast of the orlebar one can see its grayish surface striped with the fine lines of medial moraines and cross-hatched with the seams of crevices sloping up and disappearing through further gaps toward great snowfields half seen on the shoulders of distant peaks this glacier has been visited by several geologists but none have had time to explore it back to the source of its main stream to follow its tributary branches to note its rapid motion or to arrive at any idea of its recent retreat and shrinkage two young russian officers once came down from sitka to explore it but never returned from their expedition and prospectors are said to have been lost in its crevices miners who knew it in the early kasiar days when there was a busy trading station at the hot springs on the opposite side of the river claim that the front has receded and the whole glacial mass shrunk surprisingly and dr john muir's visit in eighteen seventy nine although but a reconnaissance proved to him a very rapid recession within recent times a small glacier descends through a gap on the opposite shore directly facing the orlebar fed by the snowfields of mount laura which is so perfectly framed in the opening and indian traditions tell that this little glacier once joined with the orlebar and the river ran through a tunnel in the ice the indians who had come downstream from the interior were convinced by the annual runs of strange fish that the river must reach the sea and chose the two oldest members to test the theory since these aged ones must soon die anyhow the veterans ran the tunnel safely and returning in due time were held in great veneration for the rest of their lives
End of section one.